I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to The Trader, a traitor's podcast. My name's Matthew, I'm a writer working in TV development, and I am a handy faithful. The Trader features deep dives into every episode of the multi-award winning hit TV competition series, The Traitors, as well as interviews with contestants from the shows. And this is season three of the podcast, dedicated to The Traitors Australia. We've made it to the end of the season. I've interviewed the last nine contestants to leave the show. Matt, Dirk, Marielle, Nigel, Paul, Teresa, Lewis, Kate and Craig. Which leaves the inevitable interview I've been building towards. If for some wild reason you're listening to this podcast without having finished The Traitors Australia, then you must stop immediately. Because, to be honest, it's beyond the point of spoilers. I spoke to the winner of The Traitors Australia Season 1, faithful, turned traitor, turned champion, Alex Duggan. Our conversation is coming right up, but before I get there, I want to give a quick mention to something else. At the start of every episode of these podcasts, I introduce myself by saying that I'm a writer, and I want to take just a minute to tell you about my latest novel, which you might like if you like the mystery, deception and eeriness of the traitors. The Stone in My Pocket is a coming-of-age novel with a supernatural twist. The novel is set in a Scottish village in 1999 where 17-year-old Nathan can't talk to his parents, but believes he can talk to ghosts. After a spooky event in his house one night, we follow Nathan's teenage journey into mediumship, identity and 90s pop culture. If you want to know more about The Stone in My Pocket, check out the great reviews on Goodreads and Amazon, and you can buy copies via most online places where you would normally buy books. Although, admittedly, if you're in Australia, this might be slightly trickier. If you're in the UK, I recommend bookshop.org, Waterstones or Blackwells. 
Or you could even get in touch with me directly on Instagram and X, well, that ever feel weird not to say Twitter, at Matthew J. Keeley, or on Facebook at Matthew Keeley Writer. Or you can get in touch on the podcast socials. Now, on to the main event, the big interview that you're going to want to hear. I've interviewed players from the US and UK versions of the Traitors. I've interviewed Faithfuls. I've interviewed Traitors. I've even interviewed a Faithful who was then recruited as a Traitor. But I have never interviewed a winner of a season until now. I am beyond excited to be joined on the Trader by the winner of season one of the Traitors Australia, Alex Duggan. Alex, how are you going? Hey, that was a really good introduction, actually. I'm great. Thank you for having me up there. <laughs> you you can probably tell I'm very, very thrilled to be speaking to you. Uh, this is a complete treat. Are you sick of being interviewed about the Traders yet? No, I, I think I love talking about it because it's such a unique experience. Obviously, only like the 24 contestants that were on the show really have it. So it's it's kind of nice that I get to talk about it. <laughs> Excellent. That's I'm glad that was your answer. It would have been really awful if you'd said, yes, I'm so bored of talking about this. <laughs> yeah. Now, Alex, before I ask all the things I've been waiting a whole season to ask you, I'm going to introduce you to our game, which is called The Trader Traitor. Our secret mission for the rest of the episode is to try to betray one another by telling an undetected lie. You can tell me something about the show, about yourself, or anything else that is a complete fabrication. However, your lie can't be a fake opinion. Uh, like telling me you think something, but you don't really think it, or you feel something, but you don't really feel it. So we're going to make up some fake facts, again, big or small. Um, normally at this point, I would ask, does this make sense? Are you ready? But I don't think I need to ask you that, because you won the Traitors, so I think you know exactly what to do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that means our game begins now. Uh, so I'll, I'll ask you what I ask everybody. How did you become involved with the show how did you find out about this thing called the traitors yeah so um i think like a few of the other cast members we had someone reaching out to us and because i was with the modeling agency at the time i kind of feel like that's how they found me on instagram slid into my dms and they were like hey you should apply for this show and i was like what is what is this what is this because i'd never heard of it before obviously it was a new show and there wasn't much information out there about it so i tried to watch the dutch version um and i got some context from that but obviously i i don't <laughs> i couldn't speak the language so i wasn't really sure what was going on there <laughs> and did you when you when you went to play the game and take part in the show that first ceremony where Roger chooses his traitors, did you want to be chosen at that point or did you want to be a faithful? I wanted to be a faithful a hundred percent because I I don't I just I don't like lying and I just feel like I would have cracked under the pressure. At that point in time I was like, no way, I'm <laughs> the I would be the worst. I like would die with all of the guilt. Um but like on the other hand, 
I'm really there's this game or game called I don't know if you know it's called Secret Hitler. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. I like I play that with my family and I always win because I'm really good at it. So I thought, you know, even if it does come to light that I am a traitor, I'll be okay, but I just prefer not to be. <laughs> and you had this rare experience of playing the game as both. You you were a faithful and then were recruited as a traitor. Do you think that helped you play the game better because you had a kind of a different perspective from most traitors? Yeah, definitely. I feel like I was super lucky with my position in the game because I never had that, um, I guess, guilt, not guilt, but like, you know, that massive secret hanging over my head. I was just like running free as a little faithful for like half the game until like at the very end I got inducted and I was like, well, <laughs> now it's time to actually start playing. <laughs> yeah. And, and you, I have to say, you played it so masterfully. I think you're the best player I have seen across any season I've watched. Um, obviously, you, so you have modelling experience. Do you have acting experience as well? Because I thought your, your skills were so good that I thought you must have acted or something like that. Yeah, I think like, so growing up, I was in like a couple ads as a child. Um, but obviously with modeling comes a lot of acting because you're portraying emotions across the camera. Um, it's almost a little bit harder in modeling because it's a still photo. So you have to really put your all into it. But I think that's where kind of like when you're modeling, you're on the job, you are acting. You're acting like you want to be there. You're acting like you like the clothes, you, act, you know, stuff like that. So that's kind of where that comes from, I guess. And I, I'm an, I'm the eldest child, you know, like I've gotten away with a few lies here and there to mum and dad to break <laughs> the ice. So I'm well practiced in that area, I would say. <laughs> I mean, I was watching and I knew you were a traitor, obviously. Um, and but there were there are times that you're you're talking to other players and you're saying that you're a faithful and even I was like, is she a faithful? <laughs> um, and more than once you you would you we saw you crying about maybe somebody being murdered or somebody's banished in the banishment room. Were you? Yeah. I mean, is that just really good acting, or were you still yeah. kind of upset despite being a traitor? Were you still upset to see people go? Yeah, I think like because it's um it is such an overwhelming experience that like you just you don't know what you're getting yourself into until you're there and you're like, oh my god. It was all of those emotions. It was also like the guilt of getting rid of people that you've built relationships with. And then like just just emotions, really. I'm a very emotional person to begin with. So <laughs> Crying is my forte. I cry at everything. So it wasn't really out of character for me in my real life to be crying about all this stuff. But, like, I think the show just heightened those emotions. And so I was genuinely sad when people were murdered. And obviously because everyone else's emotions feed into it, that just egged me on to cry more. So, yeah, it was like it was just really well-timed emotional outbursts, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. So yeah. I'm... I'm going to go back a little bit earlier. In retrospect, um, before you were recruited as a traitor, um, do you think there were any clues about who the traitors were that you didn't pick up on at the time, but now you think, oh, I should have noticed that? 
Totally. So I, very early on in the game, I think it was like almost the day after the picking crowning ceremony, I had in my head that Claire was a traitor, Mario was a traitor. Didn't know why. I just went with my intuition. But for some reason, I forgot about that. Came best days with Marielle. You know, obviously she won me over because like we're both from Adelaide. We were like, that's that was our connection. We're very similar in that sense. We get along, have the same values, whatever. Um, so yeah, there was definitely a lot of like look back and I go, oh my God, Alex, like you're so dumb. How did you not pick that up? Like <laughs> she was literally sitting right there. And then like the breakfast right after the ceremony I was sitting across from Claire or something like that and I just remember thinking yeah she she looks like a traitor and then for some reason I just forgot about it my head was like no (laughs) (laughs) usually I I so I I work my way through the episodes and that's what the podcast does goes episode by episode and I compile questions as I go for different contestants I want to interview but the thing is you weren't really shown very much in the first couple of episodes, which is really surprising because obviously you end up being so important in the show. Um, I think we don't find out that much about you until like episode three and four. Was that odd when you watched the show to be like the first two episodes? Like, where where am I? (laughs) Look, like, obviously when it was airing, we were watching it like that was the first time we were seeing it so I didn't have any um expectations of anything I I mean I think that the point that I came I was more shown on screen was quite natural in terms of the timeline of it all but I think I was like waiting there with my family like oh my god is it my turn when do I get an introduction and then like some people just didn't even get an introduction or some people didn't even get shown like poor Paul oh my gosh um but it was quite odd. It it was a little bit weird. I was like, oh, uh, okay, next episode, it's fine. And like you catch little glimpses of yourself here and there. You're like, what's me? But <laughs> no one, no one even knows. So it's <laughs> And was there anything at any point in the series that you you were watching the show, and you did you see anything on TV that you thought I didn't know that happened because I wasn't there for that? Are there things that were surprising you watching it? Um, I think it was just like everybody's thoughts and feelings at that, like in their um, little interviews, one-on-one interviews, I was always like, right, okay. So they, they were a bit more clever than they were like, you know, leading on. Um, so yeah, I think it was just, it was really funny to see um, what people were actually doing and then what they were saying off camera well, yeah. to the camera. But yeah. By the time it came to voting out the first traitor, which was Angus, you seemed like genuinely annoyed in the banishment room that the wool was being pulled over the faithful's eyes. So you and like you said, you really wanted to be a faithful. Was it then really difficult to like switch your allegiance, you know, halfway through the game? Yeah, it. I'm such a person where when I went into this whole experience, I was just like, you just got to work with the tools that you've given. And so I'm very much a go with the flow person because you can't control much in a game like this, especially if you are a faithful, you have no control. Uh, The only control you have is in the banishment room. And even then we know how that goes. It's sometimes you have 
a lot of reach and sometimes you don't. So I think that like I just took everything as it came and um, having to switch over my allegiance, it was quite easy because at that point in time, you know, winning was a lot closer than I had realised as well. Um, and I more kind of took it as like I'm here, I'm playing within Traders Towers. This is my game now um, and I can I can get, I can do it. <laughs> like I think I can complete this marathon basically, but yeah. So I think that it was more instead of, being in the game as a faithful playing for the faithfuls when I was inducted as a trader it was like the switch was like you're in the game for yourself now like go go get yeah. it honey yeah. <laughs> you uh, you also seemed uh really aggravated by Matt um I've interviewed Matt Matt still thinks Teresa's a traitor by the way um <laughs> of course he does <laughs> how was it playing the game with Matt when he was sort of very laser focused on one thing yeah um I I, I honestly think he was his own worst enemy um and like you know there is something to be said about a game like this if you don't fit in socially with the pack, it is so hard to then not be labelled as an outsider or as a trader in in that, our circumstances. Yeah. So I thought he got dealt a pretty difficult hand and, you know, he was just trying his best. It's just that, like, he was operating on a whole different level that we didn't understand. Um, yeah. And do you know what? If he had like the right person, <laughs> like the trainer. <laughs> um, I'm sure we would have celebrated him, but uh, because it ended up being wrong, we were like, Matt, Matt, Matty boy, it's not good for you, mate. And, yeah, I think, like, by the end um, when we all like, banished him, it was just purely because he was creating so much noise that we were like, shh, shh. <laughs> like we, we need to concentrate like, we're getting down to the bare bones here Matt you're not really helping us and so that's why I'm so confused when obviously like I didn't think he was a traitor I just thought he was just creating a lot of noise and so I think that that disruption as much as it was a wasted I guess vote like we were able to concentrate and focus more on getting a trader out instead of focusing on Matt and the traders hiding behind the drama that Matt created, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, eventually, as well as you being recruited, you then had to recruit yourself. And <laughs> you, so you recruited Kate as a traitor, which seems like yeah. that's probably quite logical because she's clever and she's a game player, literally a game player outside of the traitors, yeah. and she's really confident. Were you worried, though, that she might turn on you, which she kind of did. Yeah. Oh, I like I always so that night that I was told that I had to recruit Kate, I well, I had to recruit someone. Obviously, like I weighed up the decisions. And, you know, I think at that point Paul was still in the game. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, maybe I could maybe maybe him, but probably not. Because I was obviously the only one in Traders Towers and I always thought, how are you going to get to the end? How are you going to win this? And the best, like, 
possible outcome was it was like me, Kate, Paul, Teresa, Lewis, Craig. Yeah. Craig, I had been friends with since the start. Lewis didn't really have a lot of pull, so he'd just have to go with the numbers. Teresa, I had been friends with for like the whole game. Um, Paul, that man, he just did whatever he wanted. So, you know, it, um, and Kate was really the only threat, obviously, that I had at that point in time. And so, like, what a better way to, like, use that against, you know, take away all the threats. Um, and then I also, by inducting Kate, because she turned up to that breakfast, like, oh, that she probably wasn't supposed to turn up to because it was, you know, between, like, a favourite and someone that everyone thought was a traitor, that kind of put her in an awkward position where, I knew that I could convince people that she was a traitor more than she could convince other people that I was a traitor because I had the trust and the friendships, whereas she had had her name thrown out there more times. So, like, it was kind of like how Mario and Nigel inducted me and knew that they could use me as cannon fodder. Exactly. <laughs> I, I used their, I used their, their strategy uh, on Kate, but, you know, mine worked because uh, <laughs> Mine just worked because I knew exactly who Kate was at that point in time. I knew the weapon of mass destruction she was yeah. um, and how good at the game she was. And I just used that to my advantage, really. Yes. Very tactical and obviously very effective. Completely worked. Yeah. Um, as as we build towards the finale then, it's it's so intense. I mean, I've watched it more than once. And even when I watch it again, like my heart is pounding. I don't know how you managed it without having some sort of complete breakdown. Was there ever a point where you thought, I can't do this? Like I especially with like Craig and Katie, were you ever just thinking, oh just I don't know if I can pull this off? There I think that like I would go back to my room and I'd sit there and I'd be like, I could just quit right now. I could just quit <laughs> right now. All this stress, all this stress nothing but I think I had come so far I the curiosity was just there all the time being like well what would happen if I did this or if I just just one more day just one more day and like obviously it just kept being like one more day one more day one more day but yeah I think there were definitely some points where things were getting tough I reckon one of the points where I was like might just might just quit was when Kate I was in the car with like Kate and Craig or like one of those combinations. And Kate was like, you know, if you're a trader, like they're going to throw you under the bus, Alex. And I was like, well, but I'm not a trader. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. And that was that moment. I was like, no, nah, I'm out. I am out. But somehow that didn't get really picked up by anyone. Cause yeah. But, and yeah. do you think it was, was it, was it easier or more difficult when the numbers diminish and it's just sort of like one-to-one -one conversations you're having at the end to try and convince people? Is it easier to convince like a room full of people or just one person? I think like it's easy to hide in numbers. Yeah. So when you are one-on-one, -on -one, it is super confronting and like you have nowhere to hide. You have to have those difficult conversations. You have to put on your best face. Um, you can't just run away because the next person you're going to run to will ask you the same questions. So it's just kind of like 
I obviously flew under the radar so much at the start because safety in numbers, just went with the crowd, made friends with people, you know, got on everyone's good side because at the end of the day, like getting on people's good side, it was a skill of mine apparently. Um, and that's how I didn't get murdered. <laughs> you know, I was just really nice to everyone. I was like, you know, I could be a murderer. Uh, I don't even know it. So I'm just going to be nice to everyone. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There is a scene right before the final banishment um, and you're talking to Kate and it seems like you both kind of come to this agreement that if you both just vote out Craig then that kind of solves the problem and you'll just share the money. Did did you, did you think about doing that? Or, you know, how, it's difficult to tell. Was was that gameplay for both of you? Or do you think part of you thought, yeah, let's, let's just vote out Craig? So my... <laughs> this sounds very brutal, but, like, you come into this game alone, you leave this game alone. There was no way that I was ever going to agree to go into a deal with anyone because at the end of the day, in a game like The Traders, you cannot trust anyone. And we saw that over and over and over again. Um, and I saw it firsthand with, like, Mario and Nigel literally, like, obliterating half of Traders Towers. And then I was like, well, it's your turn now. Um, so when Kate and I sat down, had that chat on that couch and was like, you know, yes, you know, we'll, we'll split it. It'll be fine. I knew she was lying. <laughs> I was lying too. I think we were just saying it to make each other feel better, but I do feel like maybe Kate meant it a bit more than I did. She was saying it to kind of test the waters maybe, whereas I was just agreeing with her. Um, because my plan all along was like, there's no way I can take anyone with me because even at the final one, like you can still get the wall pulled over your eyes anyway. So can't trust anyone. Yeah. I think as a viewer, it's easy to think, yeah, like why don't they just share? They could just share. But, yeah. but it makes sense what you're saying. Like you have no idea when you go in that room and sit down, you don't know what that person is going to write down on their slate. So I guess you do just reach a point where you think, I cannot trust a single thing. I'm just no. going to have to do what's going to get me to the end. Uh, it's kind of like earlier in the season when um, I guess you were part of this. Some of the players, you were going to blindside Marielle. But a lot yeah. of that is based on trust. Like You have those conversations before you go in, but you don't know if Theresa and Kate are going to stick to that. And they did in that occasion. But that oh. could have turned out terribly. Oh. My God. Like, I... Oh. 
that was such a tough moment because obviously I was such good friends with Marielle, still are, still am, are, still are, great English. <laughs> um, and like seeing, like just knowing that they were going to blindside Marielle, I was like, oh, because what, like, Marielle knew. She knew that because I had told her. Um, but obviously that was kind of like, that that didn't play into uh, how it played out on TV, but like we all kind of had that funny feeling, and um, she knew something might be coming. Basically, obviously we wanted to sway it towards Lewis, but we were like so rushed, so rushed, and that moment where I had to reveal my vote, I feel like in my head that took like twenty years just to like turn around that little slate, like. Oh my god because i just like every single time i went into that room i would have like the most massive panic attack internally because it was such a serious room and it was so full of like i don't know just negativity because of like all the accusations that went down and the fights oh my god the fights that went down in that room but yeah that moment i was like i'm actually i'm such a bitch right now but i have to survive and she understood that. Like, obviously, we're still friends now. She understands totally why I did that. She would have done the exact same to me. And, in fact, she did do um, to the other traders. But, yeah, that was tough. Yeah, I bet. So when your your winning moment came then, you said to Roger that it felt bittersweet, um, which I can only imagine. And I think, it's again, it's easy for, for viewers to forget as a game, you you're given the role of a traitor. There's not really much you can do about it except quit, which you probably yeah. don't want to do. <laughs> um, and the the thing is, the faithfuls are are playing a game too. They are trying to keep the money from you. The faithfuls are trying to stop the traitors from getting money as well and and vote them out. How how tough was it to then tell Craig at the end? Sorry, like here's tears. I'm a traitor. Yeah, that was like a super tough moment because like we in like some of our interviews and just like mentally as well, I had so many breakdowns because I knew that this was how it was going to play out because like there was no other way that the scenario could have happened and going in knowing like obviously like I never obviously like I didn't know if Kate was actually gonna like write my name down or Craig's name down so you know the only thing I had to rely on at that point was Craig's vote and because Craig and I had such a deep connection I knew that he was probably gonna write Kate down over me I was hoping I was manifesting but like I had a strong feeling um and then knowing that I had to then turn around and be like look, man, I'm really sorry. Like the one thing that I hated was like disappointing him. But at the end of the day, he would have done the exact same thing. And I think it would be remiss of anyone to say that they, you know, would have played with integrity and wouldn't have done that. Because like if you're a trader and there's one faithful left in the game, like it's an automatic win anyway. So it's just really good gameplay. It's nothing, no hard feelings. And I wish that, you know, people would see it as that. Um, but I think they get caught up in the drama and just like the emotions of it, which is fair because like it's hard because you are playing with people's emotions, but we all went into this knowing it's a game. I was prepared to lose at any point and he should have been too. So, yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And that's something that I spoke about on the, the episode 12 recap is that by the time it reaches the final three, you know, after Lewis is gone, the, there's no way Craig can win anyway. You know, yeah. so it's inevitable that either one or both traitors is going to win. So at that point, you're you're kind of, you're not the complete master of that anymore. Um, so it's no. not really all down to you. Yeah, and I think that, like, for Craig to have won, he would have had to have made moves, like, six or seven moves ago, um, just purely because numbers and then personality-wise in that game, there were more, like, I had a lot of people on my side that were willing to believe me. He was one of them. So, like, you know, he would have had to have, like, voted me out six or seven moves ago and voted Kate out six or seven moves ago for, like, a faithful to win. So yeah. I think, like, that's what people don't look back on. Like, they think that, like, you know, I'm some massive monster, but, like, it's just the way that the game played out and I just used it to my advantage and anyone in my position would have done the exact same thing. Yeah. Lewis, uh, you know, for the final episode, Lewis and Craig would have had to kind of team up and, like, yeah. eliminate both you and Kate one by one and that was... I guess they weren't really that close by the looks of it, or so they so it wasn't yeah. going to happen. Um, yeah. So after that final moment, then um, you're you're left alone in the banishment room with the silver bars. Was it? Are you just used to this because you do a lot of modelling? Was it weird to film those shots of just walking around the silver? <laughs> oh god! Like I think the whole situation was so surreal and I was just following instructions at that point like you know you're told to like look look at the silver so I was looking at the silver like it, it didn't really click that that was what I had won because obviously like it's money um that you win at the end of the day it's not those silver bars unfortunately can't really <laughs> take those home in a suitcase um I would have definitely been over my luggage limit then but yeah, it it was um it was weird. It was I will never experience that again, and I am happy not to experience something like And I wonder how after most banishments, by the sounds of it, you know the player who's banished disappears, and they go off in their taxi or they they go back to their room. Was it? I guess maybe you don't know this because you weren't banished. Was it different? <laughs> this this was the end of the. The season, there were no more episodes. I guess filming was kind of over. So, at the after, you know, after those winning moments, you've got the silver bars. What's the process for the end of that day? Or maybe it was nighttime by then, by the looks of it. You know what what happens after the cameras stop? Yeah, yeah, it was it was nighttime. Um, like it's so weird. Like you just you just kind of go back to your room. That's it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, you're set free. Um, you have a bit more freedom, obviously, because, like, lockdown things. But, yeah, you, you kind of set free. I guess, like, I just kind of took a moment. I had a real long shower. I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> like, I cannot believe all of that stress, all of those emotions. Like, they weren't really real because it was all a game and it's just kind of trying to simulate moving back into real life, I guess. Um, yeah, it was just very surreal. And 
it's it was a really odd experience because you're living in such a bubble for so long that you kind of forget like what real life is yeah <laughs> not really but you kind of do and i'm quite aware that when i'm interviewing contestants from the show for you guys it's been i guess, I'm, I guess almost a year you know we're this is the end of june right now you guys yeah. filmed last year um yeah. does it how how has life changed for you since filming? It's, it's been a long time and, you know. Yeah, it, it's, been, it's actually been such a long time and I feel like so much has changed in between. Like I've changed jobs, I've changed like where I'm living, um, I've got a dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, like it, I life stopped for those five weeks and well it stopped for me but obviously everyone else outside life kept going so I felt like I had to kind of just catch up with everything um but like I think it was just more coming out of an experience like that you change your whole kind of personality based off of the fact that you don't want to give too much of yourself away and so you just kind of have, for me personally, I had to like not figure myself out again, but kind of be like, hey, uh, who am I? Like, it's safe to, it's safe to, you know, say everything that I'm thinking because no one here is like a traitor and they're not going to murder me in the night. <laughs> like, it's hard to switch that thinking because you are so stuck in that for so long that coming back to normal life, you're like, so how do I think again? Um, what do I do? Uh, I just, I think for like a couple months after I was in like a little days, days, in a little days um, where I just kind of floated through life for a little bit there. And then I was like, wait, wait, it's okay. I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> now I have a final couple of questions um, before we we reach our, the conclusion of our game we've been playing. Um, would you, now that, well, the Traitors Australia is going to be on the BBC in the UK, so it's going to reach a whole new big audience. Would you return for an international all-stars version of the Traitors? Uh, do you know what? We have, like, as contestants, we've talked about this. And I think that, like, give me, like, a couple more years and I'll <laughs> definitely return. I, like... My one piece of advice is like you have to be super mentally strong to go into a game like this because it will deplete you. Yeah. <laughs> like and like in a good way, you know, because you are using up so much brain power there. Um, but yes, yeah, I would. I would. I think it would be fun. But you'd always have that like thing overhanging your head, like, oh, this is the girl that everyone underestimated and like she's here. <laughs> so I feel like it's the only gameplay that I would have, you know. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> And lastly for now, do you still have your red tracksuit from the challenges and how often do you wear it? I do. <laughs> I don't wear it. Do. So, I don't think I would ever put that thing back on again. <laughs> but yeah, that was a stunning, stunning moment in time. <laughs> red was definitely uh, a colour. That's for sure. But I always tried to match her with some red lipstick, you know, like, but I just did the best that I could. Yeah. I think they are iconic and I love them. 
Alex, we've been uh, we've been playing a game. We're almost at the end. Before we conduct our own banishment, maybe you can tell us where can we find you online. What should we be checking out? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, so you can find me on Instagram at Alexandra and then I also am a host of a Discover show on Channel Seven in Adelaide, Australia. So I don't know if you can watch it where where you are, but that's right. Um, it's basically a little travel show and a little local travel show, which is really cool. <laughs> awesome. Now, yeah. we've been playing the Trader Traitor. Ah. We have been trying to deceive one another throughout this interview. Uh, did you tell me a lie? I did. Yeah. Okay. I did you tell me a lie? I actually I didn't tell you a lie. I I did the thing I said I, <laughs> I was not gonna do. I missed out one question and that was the question where I was going to like inst and in <laughs> insert the lie. So I have oh, ruined no. my final game. However, oh. I can I can still try and guess um you know what? I'll ask. I'll tell you what it was just now, um, and then I'll guess your lie. I was going to ask you a question about the challenge where you had to walk across the the trap doors across the ravine, oh. um, and I was going to ask Sorry. about you. You were, I think, you were last. Did you yes. did you kind of get to choose what order you did that in? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was my prediction. Yeah. My lie was going to be that I was going to change the number of the episodes. I was going to be like in episode five, and actually, I think oh. it was episode six. And <laughs> I would have never picked that up. I, I would never have picked that up. But yeah, that challenge, I hated that challenge. Hate yeah. all heights. I was crying. That every single challenge that had heights, I cried. That's why everyone was like, in the show, they like, they crying was just normal for me. <laughs> So now that I didn't lie to you and that was going to be my lie, I'm going to have to guess what you lied about. I've got two possibilities. Um, okay. I'm, I'm going to guess that you lied when you said you did like TV ads as a child. Was that the lie? No. Oh. No, that wasn't a lie. <laughs> you can find me in a few ads here and there. Um, they're pretty embarrassing, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, in that case, I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised. Why? Well, of course, you have betrayed me. Um, what did you make up? I don't have the tracksuit anymore. Oh, you don't have the tracksuit anymore. <laughs> that wasn't even my other guess. I, that was I completely believed that. I like. I almost forgot to lie. And so when you asked that question, I was like, I can lie about this. Yeah, I don't have the tracksuit. There's too much trauma with that tracksuit. <sighs> what happened to it? Um, I just gave it to Goodwill, you know? <laughs> so I've got a lot of tracksuits, and that one I'm not emotionally connected to. I think, I, like, at the point that I gave it away, I was kind of like... I don't want to see this ever again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of trauma came with that. Too many heights. I'm still not over my fear of heights, by the way. And there were too many, too many situations there. Okay. I but can yeah. see, yeah, the the red tracksuit might be quite triggering. So you've parted ways <laughs> with it. <laughs> I did. 
Alex, thank you so, so much for joining me for this interview for The Trader. Um, I hope that's not been too traumatic reliving some of that. <laughs> no, it's all good. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Oh, awesome. I will talk to you soon. Uh, take care. Bye-bye. Hello, faithful trader listeners. I say this every time, but I really did have such a lovely conversation with Alex. She was incredibly sweet and open to talking about anything and everything from the show. And we had a great wee chat after the interview was over too. So I really appreciated that. It might feel like that's it for the podcast for now, but no, I can't bear to let go of the Traders Australia just yet, even though the new season is right around the corner, premiering August 13th in Australia. So I have one more special, exciting, one-of-a-kind interview coming your way. To finish off this podcast season, I interviewed not just one more, but two more Traders Australia contestants from season one together. Yes, I was lucky enough to host a mini reunion online with two of the funniest, most memorable players from the game who I hadn't had the chance to speak to before now. I'm going to leave you guessing about who those two might be, and I promise you will not be disappointed with the interview. We had such a fun time, I had to edit out several minutes of just pure laughter. That will be online really soon. As always, if you want to keep up with the podcast, you can follow me on Instagram at the Tradar Podcast or X at the Tradar Pod, or you can email the Tradar Podcast at gmail.com. Keep an eye out for that final duo interview on its way soon. And until then, stay faithful. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns